started and grown several multi-million dollar businesses. His mission is to help you do the same. Welcome to the Business Growth Pod, building the future one entrepreneur at a time. So I want everybody to take away from here that we're going to put our emotions, our energy in motion towards the enjoyment of the consistent, persistent pursuit of our potential, knowing that pain, setbacks, failures, and mistakes are only indicators you have a better place to be. They're not stop signs. And if you do that, I promise you, you will accelerate, expand, and grow at an exponential rate compared to those people that are every day saying, I got to make a million dollars by the end of the year. I got to make a million. Look, just tell yourself, I want to double the amount of money I make as fast as I can. You'll relieve all resistance from your mindset. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the show. I'm Alan. I'm a family man, an attorney, and an entrepreneur. Each week, we provide resources and advice to help build your business. Are you ready? Then let's go. Hey everyone, welcome to the show today. I cannot explain how excited I am for our guest. I've been looking forward to this privilege to have David Meltzer on the show for quite a while. I look up to David. He probably doesn't know this, but I I watch a lot of what he does. I feel like there's a few people that I'm able to look up to and that I'm able to kind of follow their steps because they're in the place that I want to be in the next few years. David is the co-founder of Sports One Marketing, and he previously served as the CEO of the renowned Lee Steinberg Sports and Entertainment Agency, which check this out, guys. That was the inspiration for the movie Jerry Maguire. David has been recognized by Variety Magazine as their Sports Humanitarian of the Year and awarded the Ellis Island Medal of Honor. He is also the executive producer of the Bloomberg and Amazon Prime Television series, Two Minute Drill and Office Hours. His life's mission, I love this, guys. Check this out. His life's mission is to empower over 1 billion people to be happy. This simple yet powerful mission has led him on an incredible journey to provide one thing, value. In all his content and communication, that's exactly what you'll receive. As part of that mission for the past 20 years, he's been providing free weekly trainings to empower others to be happy. He holds these weekly trainings every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific time. I know that you, my listeners, will get a lot out of those, so make sure to check those out. This is a privilege and honor. Welcome to the show, David. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. But most and foremost, I love everyone to make sure that they take notes so that we can continue not only to learn the lessons, but it's impossible to remember them. I speak really quickly. So I've learned to tell people, grab a pen, some paper, create a system to access the lessons that you learn, no matter if it's me, Alan, or anybody else you listen to. Yeah, 100%. I mean, I think just in your career, you have this diverse level of experience that few people you know, attain. And having read your book, Game Time Decision Making, and all of the different ideas for my own businesses that it provoked, it's just amazing that you're willing to share as much as you do, the free content, LinkedIn, all the social media platforms. But I wanted to focus a lot of our discussion today, David, on that book. And we're not going to get to all the questions that I have. It's just not It's not going to be possible because the content in that book is so deep. I encourage all my listeners to go check it out. It will improve your business. Okay. It's improved mine. And I just recently finished it. 
David, in speaking about attracting the right people to our companies and our teams, you wrote this, to recruit the best players to our roster, it is essential that we develop and maintain meaningful relationships with the people surrounding us. But ironically, the most important relationship we must develop and maintain to build our roster is with ourselves. Is that true for entrepreneurs also? Absolutely true for entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs. It's the most important thing. See, we can't give what we don't have. And what confuses us is an old statement, the more we give, the more we receive, that somehow there's these separate or transactional things that are created by giving and receiving. And I use this analogy, and I'm no, so not everyone's watching. So if I spread my hands 12 inches apart, and this is what I have today, and I appreciate what I have, I now have add value to it. Now, that appreciation of what I have comes from within me because I give meaning to everything I see. I have control of my mindset, my heart set, and the law of Goya, G-O-Y-A, getting off my ass, creating and enjoying the consistent, persistent pursuit of my potential. But the minute I appreciate the 12 inches of what I have, it expands it, let's say, to 16 inches. Now, when I give that away, I acknowledge what I have. I acquire the knowledge. You don't know what you have until you've given it away. And what's left is a bigger void. So now you're capable of receiving more. So before you can give to receive, before the more you give to receive, you need to receive and appreciate what you have. And that's the key to knowing, even in relationships, what you have, what meaning you've given yourself, what you have to give, and therefore you will attract or allow all of the other people that have the same frequency, the same values to go ahead and join you, which is how a corporate culture is created. Yeah, I love that. And it reminds me a little bit, I believe it's in chapter two of your book, you're kind of discussing these different mindsets, the offensive and defensive mindsets. It's a great chapter. And entrepreneurs, I think early on when people first start forming their first business or whatever, they don't spend enough time focusing on their thoughts. I know I didn't. And you say this, you say this strategy is one to cling to when we're in trouble, talking about these offensive defensive mindsets. When we're down, we feel challenged. When we feel challenged, when we've lost everything, and you said, serve our way out of it, be of service and provide value. Does that principle apply to, let's say I've got an entrepreneur listening less than a year in business, running into cash flow issues, all sorts of problems, couldn't have foreseen. Does that apply to that individual? So what's so interesting is I've instituted these five daily practices. So if you're taking inventory of your personal values, experiential values, giving and receiving values, an entrepreneur who's just starting out has a different thing that they can serve with. So many people think about the monetary side of giving, but there's so much more that we can do to change our mindset. See, one of the things and biggest mistakes that I made when I was younger is because I had an academic background, an intellectual background, I thought that I could think my way into a different feeling. And you cannot change the way you feel by thinking. So I would spend hours saying, don't worry, don't worry, let it go, let it go, or try to convince myself of something when the true offensive and defensive coordination is to serve my way out of that feeling by being and doing good. So it's not a matter of, you know, your startup and you have no money. So how can I be of service? Hey, go outside, take a walk around the block and pick up all the trash on your walk. 
Go outside, take a walk around the block and smile and wave to every single person you see. Go outside, walk around the block and give a dollar to anyone that you may meet. Whatever it may be, serve your way out of the feeling, the emotional interference that you've created. And once you clear that interference, see, the paradigm shift that I want most entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs, philanthropeneurs to understand is that you already are happy, healthy, wealthy, and worthy. What are you doing to interfere with it? And you can serve your way out to clear that interference and allow what you're connected to and through. I actually was blessed to be with Marianne Williamson today. And, you know, we were talking about the scarce versus abundant attitude that exists in America. You know, she was a presidential candidate, a huge thought leader. And it was really interesting because we both share the I am type of philosophy that we can't find outside of us what we can't find inside of us. To that measure, you can serve your way out of any difficult situation by being of service of value, by being kind. That's why my favorite taglines, be kind to your future self, do good deeds. Yeah. No, I love that. And I think entrepreneurs, when we get started, we're, we're so hard on ourselves. You know, we are, and we spend so much time thinking about thinking about the things we're not doing that we should be doing or, you know, worrying about not living up to our potential or not being where we want to be in five years. And I recently ruptured my Achilles and um, pretty limited. I'm an active guy. I go to the gym, very interested in sports and things like that. And so I've had to shift this mindset to focusing on the things that I can do, focusing on like I have one great leg, right? And I think as entrepreneurs, a great way to kind of come back to center is that concept of serving so that we're not so self-centered, right? So we're not so focused on ourselves. And I think that really clarifies our thought process. Well, you address two different things that I want everyone to learn about is one, do not attach your emotions to an outcome. So many times we attach our emotions. I'll be happy if I make a million dollars this year. I'll be happy when I graduate this. I'll be happy when I get married, when I get divorced, when I have kids, when they go to college. You know, I, right. people, I see it all day long. See, what you're doing is you're creating resistance by attaching your emotions to an outcome. See, there's this fine reconciliation between man-made construct of time which is 24 hours a day. Everybody's given 24 hours a day of activities. And what we do is we confuse the man-made construct of time, which is based off of the amount of time that it takes from a speck of light to get from the sun to the earth, 186,000 miles per second, by the way. And what we confuse it with is thoughtfulness. See, the only thing that moves faster than the speed of light is the speed of thought. And people that don't believe me, just let's all take one second together. Think about a thousand years ago. Boom, we're all there. Think about a thousand years from now. Boom, we're all a thousand years from now. Okay, everybody on this podcast, come with me back a thousand years. Uh, that takes, uh, uh, well, okay, let's try going a thousand years in the future together. Oh, can't do that either. Therefore, the speed of thought moves faster than the speed of light. So when we're attaching our emotions to an outcome, we're putting thought, which is moving much faster at a different time frame hmm. into it's literally the same thing. If I said, you'll be happy when you can go back a thousand years from now, or you'll be happy when you can go a thousand years into the future. It ain't happening. All you're yeah. doing is creating resistance. You're putting your focus, which is the second point that you made. You're putting focus in on what you don't want. See, what you want is to enjoy the consistent every day, 
putting your emotions when I enjoy something, my emotions are attached to the consistency and persistency of the pursuit of my potential. And the world potential says this, I want this particular thing to happen, but I believe that I'm limiting myself because I have faith that the universe will give me something better, that I don't know what I don't know, that all people are ignorant. There's two types of people, ignorant, humble people. Those are the people that don't know what they don't know and they admit it. So they ask for help and all the other things that a humble person does. Then there's ignorant, arrogant people. And the ignorant, arrogant people know that they don't know what they don't know, but project their insecurity by pretending like they know what they're talking about. Now, that arrogance isn't just manipulative and negative. I have found that family members are the most arrogant, ignorant people through love because Hmm. your parents care so much about you. They're so arrogant that they think they know what's best for you. They create all this resistance because once again, they're attaching their emotions to your outcome, which is even worse than you attaching your emotions to an outcome. So through arrogance, love, because we care so much about our children, we just assume that we know what's best for them because we want to keep them safe or we want them to do what we couldn't do or all types of things that we project under our children that create resistance. So I want everybody to take away from here that we're going to put our emotions, our energy in motion, towards the enjoyment of the consistent, persistent pursuit of our potential, knowing that pain, setbacks, failures, and mistakes are only indicators you have a better place to be. They're not stop signs. And if you do that, I promise you, you will accelerate, expand, and grow at an exponential rate compared to those people that are every day saying, I got to make a million dollars by the end of the year. I got to make a million. Look, just tell yourself, I want to double the amount of money I make as fast as I can. You'll relieve all resistance from your mindset. I love this concept. And when I was, I don't know, I was probably 10 or 12 and I grew up in a small farming community in Oregon, Idaho border right there. And I had a sister living in Northern California and we drove to visit her and it's about a 12 hour drive. And I remember my, my mom, we stopped just 20 minutes into the drive. We just left home 20 minutes into the drive. We stopped at this lookout. I swear I had driven past that lookout a thousand times in my life. She says, everybody get out. Everybody get out. We're like, what are we doing? We just left. We've got 12 hours in front of us. And she's like, look at this view. And we're like, what's the point? She's like, the point is to enjoy the journey. And obviously, I didn't get it at that point. I was young. and But the older I get, the more I agree with that concept that it is the process that refines us. It's the process that makes us who we want to become, not this end result, not this end goal. And I think it's so common for entrepreneurs to be stuck on that goal. Hey, I want to hit a million in sales by the end of the year, as opposed to, well, what's the process that's going to allow you to do much more than that down the road? You're so right. And there's a bigger lesson that your story about your mom teaches, which is, you know, we're planting seeds all the time. As parents, especially, our children don't listen to us but they watch us. And we don't know when those seeds that we plant will flourish. I had a story of my junior at Indiana University. She came home and she said, dad, you're not going to believe this quote my professor taught me. And it was my goddamn quote, you know, and I've been teaching that quote to her forever. And I was like, are you, this is a joke, right? And she's like, no, isn't that genius? I was like, I certainly do look on page 57 of Connected to Goodness. I thought it was genius when I wrote it. And I'm sure your professor who read my shit thinks it's genius too, but I'm planting seeds 
under trees that I may never sit under. But if you keep reinforcing by taking action, allowing our children to watch us, even though they roll their eyes on the 12 hour journey, when they're 30, 35, 40, or maybe 55, all of a sudden that, that seed gets watered and like, oh my gosh, now I get it. But if you don't plant the seed, they may never get it. So keep, if you're out there planting seeds, everyone, it doesn't need to grow just like the attachment of your emotions to the outcome. Don't worry if the seeds you plant are not harvesting right away either. Yeah, I love that. And you talk about detaching happiness from achievement and you say, glorify the pursuit, not the goal. That's in chapter five of your book, which I love that. And it's something I need to remind myself of daily. Now we're running short on time here, David. I keep hearing this quote fly around. I think it was written in a novel years ago, post-apocalyptic novel, but I I heard Joe Rowe and I, I, I hear this quote and it really hit home to me yesterday. It's hard times create strong men. You've heard it, right? Hard times create strong men. Strong men create good times. Good times create weak men and weak men create hard times. And the reason why I hit home, I've got a nine-year-old that I'm really, really trying to help him out. But he has a pretty easy life. He has an easier life than I had, okay? I had a paper out starting when I was seven years old. And I'm so thankful that I did. How do we break this cycle? It says strong men create good times. Good times create weak men. How do we break that? Really simply, you make the hard work the good times. See, for me, I teach people to enjoy the consistent, which is the hardest work you can have, because it's completely to the antithetical and in complete conflict to the human nature to do something every day. The ego is afraid when we do things every day because you might expand, grow, and accelerate and learn that we don't need the ego. It's just creating interference between us and what we already are. But more importantly, when we can shift that paradigm to enjoy consistent, persistent pursuit, to enjoy and find the light, the love, and the lessons and everything. See, the superpower that I gained over the last 16 years, especially since I lost everything, I lost over $100 million. That superpower is I decided that I would never love what I did, that I loved everything I did. I just had to find that love. There's love in everything and everyone. And the only determination that I make and the only determination I teach my children to make, who, like your children, have everything they ever dreamed of. I was born in Akron, Ohio. Might as well be on the board of Oregon and Idaho, right? But what I teach them is that they can, number one, find light, love, and lessons in everything, but they need to make a choice. Does this lesson or this light, is it worth it? Does it feed me? Does it not feed me? Or is it going to bleed me? And so we want to find or put the pursuit of what we want to find into things that feed us, or at least don't feed us, but won't bleed us. But 80%, just the natural energy and ego puts about 80% of our effort, time, value, money, energy, resources towards the things that bleed us. If I can shift that mindset, it will change Mm -hmm. the entire construct of that quote that Rogan utilizes. Because if I can teach someone to enjoy the hard times, the hard times become good times and they make stronger men and women and the stronger men and women can handle even more, which makes even harder times, good times, which then even more creates more. And so it's a more abundant attitude that requires, you know, three things. And I, I, I'll give you a couple extra minutes because I'm going over. It's my secret sauce. I give you 20 minutes with 25 minutes of content. All right, here we go. Number one, utilize the law of gravity. Remind yourself I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be. 
The earth is spinning, hurling and rotating with extreme force, but yet you're right here and you, and you feel safe. Why? Because you're exactly where you're supposed to be. Your feet are on the ground at the right place at the perfect time. Two, the law of Goya. Get off your ass. Enjoy the consistent, persistent pursuit of your potential. You must be what you can be. We live in an expansive, expanding, exponential universe. Take advantage of it. You can do the same. And then finally, if you institute the law of gravity and Goya, you can have the law of allowance, meaning you can now shift your paradigm to find the light, the love, and the lessons and everything, to use your free will, not to go attach your emotions to an outcome and go get anything. Don't get happy. Don't get healthy. Don't get worthy. Don't get wealthy. Allow yourself to clear the interference of what you already are connected to and through the greatest source of light, love, and lessons, which can come through you with appreciation, gratitude, forgiveness, accountability, and inspiration to give to everyone else, expanding, growing, so you can receive more to give more. Thus, in context, we can shift the entire paradigm on earth, create a perspective, a co-pilot for everyone to make a lot of money, help a lot of people, and have a lot of fun. I love it. David, you know, I'm not left speechless very often, but I really don't know what I can add to your your wise words. I encourage all my listeners, check out his book, Game Time Decision Making. Check out that free training that he does every week, everybody. David, where do you want to send people to learn more about your mission, all the incredible things that you're accomplishing? Sure. And I also will send them my guides, exercises, my book, just email me directly, david at dmeltzer.com, david at dmeltzer.com, at David Meltzer on DM, or Google David Meltzer, you'll find me. But I appreciate everyone emailing me, david at dmeltzer.com. Love it. Thanks for your time, David. Keep up the awesome work. There's a lot of us out there that are watching what you're doing from afar and trying to follow in some of those footsteps. Thank you. Be kind to your future self. Do good deeds, everyone. Have a great day. If you've enjoyed today's podcast, please leave us a rating. And for daily inspiration and business tips, follow Alan on Instagram. Until next time, remember, we build the future one entrepreneur at a time.